Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Liam Maitland, KCBS Foodie Champ at Uccello on Van Ness, San Francisco. Uh, with me, Chef Gillian Tynauer. Chef, how are you? I'm very good. How are you today? I'm great. We're going to meet your family, your culinary family. They're in the wings here in just a moment. I want to talk, talk about your journey first. Mm-hmm. Let's go back in time. Uh, growing up, mm-hmm. you grew up where? And who was cooking in the family? And what was coming out of the kitchen at home? Um, I had a very hybrid childhood. I lived in Southern California and Northern California in Mendocino County, where I spent a lot of my childhood. And you would say that's the best, the best of both worlds? It was the best of both worlds. Yeah. yeah. Which one had the biggest footprint on you in oh, terms I- of, you know, just steering you towards a culinary world, a culinary career? Oh, I definitely think it would be living in Mendocino, in, uh, up in Manchester, that I spent a lot of time foraging and in the wilder- in nature yeah. and having to help my father butcher lambs at a very young age. My gosh, that will, that will get you on track to a culinary <laughs> career. Uh, definitely butchery. Mm-hmm. So lambs, you're mm-hmm. seven years old. Mm-hmm. Talk me through that first experience. Oh, my father, I had a rule that I wouldn't help him butcher the lamb until the head was off of it. And mm. he tended to then cut the head off and just leave it on the ground right next to the lamb. And then I would run away <laughs> until he'd throw the head off the cliff. And then I would come back and it was an acceptable situation. For those who've just joined us, please remove your children from this uh, pod, listening to this podcast. Just kidding. So who was cooking though? Who had the biggest influence on you, you know, when it comes to food? Oh, I would think that my mother all required us as children to help in the kitchen and help cook. And then I had a grandmother who was uh, of Austrian-Hungarian descent, and I spent a lot of time in her kitchen, too. Let's give her a shout-out. Frida Tiernauer. And what did Grandma Frida cook that you loved most? Her matzo ball soup. Why? It just was like home. It was like the thing I would get in trouble at dinner because I would only eat matzo ball soup and wouldn't have room for the two meats that would be served as entrees and everything else. Did you ever get to cook for Grandma? Oh, I had strong arguments with her from the time I was probably 9 or 10 years old because she would want to put hard-boiled eggs into everything, and we had a throwdown at one point in time because she tried to put chopped hard-boiled eggs into guacamole. What? Yeah. Yeah. Who won? I won. (laughs) At some point, you took this seriously. Uh, What ignited that fire in your belly to obviously go to culinary school? Was there a turning point? Was there a moment when you realized after some maybe triumphs in your kitchen at home that this was the path you were going to embark on? 
Um, I would spend a lot of time in San Francisco visiting my aunt, and I was very fortunate as a small child to get to eat in some of San Francisco's most iconic restaurants. So I remember being seven or eight years old eating scones at Zuni and having brunch at Greens. And that left a mark on you way back Abs- then. Absolutely, yeah. And to think later, uh, some of these chefs, like the late Judy, would be one of your peers. Definitely. I got to work at Zuni for a while. Yeah. It was really exciting. Culinary school, what was the takeaway? Uh, that was back when there was definitely less women in, the, in culinary school, and um, I really enjoyed that. I liked working with men, and it was the first time that I was able to do a s- practical skills that made sense to me, yeah. that uh, traditional college didn't like line up and make as much sense yeah. to me, and all of a sudden it all made absolute sense. Your first job was a bakery when you were a teenager. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what, what mark did that leave on you in the bakery? That that was the first job that I had where I had the keys to the business, and from then on I had the keys to almost every business that I ever worked at. Ever sneak in, have some late-night parties? Oh, I had so <laughs> many jelly beans and gummy bears at that first restaurant, at that first bakery. It was, it was unhealthy. Uh, some touchstones along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about a couple of markers in the sand that were significant for you in your career. Um, who left the biggest imprint first as a chef? Oh, I would definitely say that I was got to be an intern and then worked at Olivetto for about three years and worked with Paul Bertoli and Mike Tusk. Two amazing chefs, two really great guys. Mm-hmm. Um, both know way, their way around the kitchen. Absolutely. And to hold your own... Among them? Yeah, of course, you did. Mm-hmm. It was a true honor, and they were definitely amazing mentors. Uh, one more milestone before you, uh, before we meet the family. What would you say was your milestone before uh, this, this current gig? Uh, oh, I think that uh, at a certain point I was brought on to help with uh, the management of Shed up in Hillsburg, yeah. and I had an amazing front-of-the-house team, and everybody was really involved in the storytelling and the ethics of Shed, and so I loved cultivating a strong team and collaborating and communicating with them. Farm country, mm-hmm. wine country, yes. coastal country, all those things. Oh, all of my favorite things. Yeah. Uh, let's meet the family. Now, the, the, these, this, this is not your real family, but they may as well be. You spend uh, more time with them. They're pretty much my family. Well, introduce me to your family, please. Oh, this is Loretta Keller. Well, hi there, Loretta Keller. Good afternoon. Chef, great to see you. I've been a fan uh, and a diner at your restaurants for more than 20 years. Of course, I was just a little boy. Uh, who's the other member of the family? Who's your culinary... I was going to say culinary dad, just because he's soon to be a dad. <laughs> but introduce true. me uh, to the guy here. Oh, Clay Reynolds. What, the Clay Reynolds? The oh, Clay my Reynolds. gosh. Clay, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you, chap? Uh, chap is good. Chap is happy. Chap is doubly happy because you gave me a cocktail, yes. uh, which we're going to yeah. talk about. Uh, we're going to put you both on the spot here uh, while our chef here shines and glows. What is it about Gillian that makes her a great chef partner? Oh, dear. So much talent and so much generosity. Incredible. Incredible mentor. Incredible collaborator. Gillian's... Um, brought me back to being very excited to be in the kitchen and I'd love to go on adventures cooking with her or here at Uccello as well we're just um we're just uh doing fun things that are real seasonal and Gillian's not afraid of anything 
um, including large live, large, large animals. Yes, we learned that, didn't we? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but also the tiniest vegetable, and it's just, um, she's a gift. I feel very blessed. A wonderful thing. Clay, uh, I know that you made me a cocktail, so clearly you're, you're at the helm when it comes to the beverage program. Uh, but before we get to the cocktail and the food, one more thing on Gillian, making her a great chef partner. Oh, we just met uh, yesterday. Because <laughs> no, no. um, you, you, you have the Exploratorium. Uh, you have six yeah. years of experience together, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I think the, one of the wonderful things about all of us together, especially, is that we've, we've, been, we've been around, we've been through the wars, and we've, uh, we've done things for the right reasons, some for not the right reasons, and now we're all kind of in a position where we know what's important in life and we know what to take seriously when and what not to take seriously. Yeah. And so therefore we're, we're able to enjoy, uh, what we, what we do for a living. I think more than ever, the three of us together have been able to just like, we have fun. We, when it's time to work, we work when it's time to, uh, taste and enjoy and talk, we can, we can do that as well, which is rare. The joy of experience yes. and also the joy of being able to choose who you want to work with and making it work. Uh, so I have to tell you, I fell in love with San Francisco. I, I fell out slightly, just a little bit, uh, <laughs> but fell back in love and more deeply after a dining experience here at Uccello just a few weeks ago. It was a Friday night. The city here at this corner of Van S. Hayes was a buzz and a glow with the symphony across the street, opera house along the way. City Hall also lit up. Uh, it may have been around Valentine's because there was a red hue in the air. Very romantic spot. Uh, we're here, of course. Uh, we're the dining spot uh, above us. Uh, the bright, 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 shining musicians and stars of tomorrow have been cultivated all around us and some of them performed here which is really rather beautiful so tell me about the vibe uh the experience you hope guests will have here loretta yeah we want we want it really to be for something for everyone i mean it's casual just walk in get um a bite and a cocktail a glass of wine some just some libation before a performance um, or uh, meet your friends you're going to go to the performance with, and you know have a have a full meal. I mean, we we really we want to we want everyone to feel happy and comfortable, and come here and feel the energy of um, they're going to they're going to go to a performance. They're excited about that. We're offering them um, you know comfort and um, friendly kind of vibe and professionalism. But you know if they want to go deep in this wine list that Clay's put together, they can do that. If they want to go to the top shelf of the whiskey they can do that you know but uh no pressure you yeah. know <laughs> the choice is yours uh chef gillian uh for you how would you define the menu and the offerings on the menu oh i think that we all collaborate and really think about what is um coming forth seasonally like we spend a lot of time going to the farmer's market and being aware of California's environment, whether it's raining or it's drought and what's happening and being able to change and, for lack of a better word, pivot um, to bring forth the best that we have. Right before us here, gorgeous. I'm going to say it, you brought sexy back with this salad. Uh, <laughs> sexy and local. That's right. Right? That's right. That's right. Right, Clay? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so We've never left this place. You no, know that. No. Talk me through the salad, Chef. Um, it's a salad of Esme arugula from Fiddler's Green and 
curly endive from Star Rep Farm, calm feed golden raisins, pine nuts, and calm feed artichokes. See? It's the layers of flavor, the texture, you know, the crunch, the sweet, the fresh, I mean, the salt, all those things, which is why I love your cuisine. (laughs) Thank you. you. Let's uh, move on to cocktails and wine. You do go deep. Uh, the wine program. Wine first. Uh, do you take people on a trip around the world or is it a, a trip around the country? Uh, where do you take people in the wine voyage here at Ocello? The, the, um, it's a trip around the world, but you know, more important than regionality for the list is that I'm trying to resurrect, I guess, the practice of restaurants uh, being able to present some wines with some age. Yeah. That was the purview of the restaurant yeah. back in the day, but you know nobody has the storage. It's it's expensive to put things down in the cellar, and yeah. it's very rare now to go out and be able to drink a wine that's got five, six, seven years yeah. of bottle age or more. So this list is assembled from a lot of different uh, regions and areas, but the primary, the unifying. Um, I, the unifying character of the of the list is that most selections have are mature and they're ready to drink. Yeah. And unfortunately, we don't we don't drink mature wines enough. You yeah. know, which well, you know, <laughs> there's there's benefits to both, but it's really a, it's a different experience. So of course there are many great wines that are good in their youth, but you won't always be presenting those, right? Well, we do. You know, by by its nature, the wine the by the glass program here, which is robust. There's eight, there's eight bottles by the glass plus a couple sparkling wines. Those are generally the, the newer releases, the fresher things, the, the entry point stuff. There's some beautiful Chardonnays and, um, you know, we have, we have, like I said, we have eight bottles. But the bottle list itself is made up of, of a bunch of really interesting selections that, that are not all older wines, but we do have some gems from back in the heyday of Napa, yeah. uh, also Bordeaux and Burgundies that have some time in the bottle, so you can, you can really, you know, you can experience that. I love that you're offering that here. Yeah. Uh, the kitchen, the collaborative effort between mm-hmm. beverage and kitchen, a tight one always, right? Absolutely. I think we're always thinking about what the, the growing regions of the wine and of the food and where, how they come together. And what we can and put it, whiskey in. Yeah, and, and absolutely. And that's definitely, that's becoming much more the forefront is yeah, what yeah. we can put whiskey in. Yeah. Says the man from Kentucky. Yes. There was a man from Kentucky. No, 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 no. No, no we'll stop right. Stop where you're, you're ahead. Before you go to bed. No, sorry. Clay, cocktails. Yes. Uh, you just served this knockout cocktail. Yes. Zesty, happy, yellow cocktail. There's a story here. There is. So first I want to mention that um, uh, our bar manager Ulysses has developed some amazing uh, an amazing program and, and we worked closely together on on recipes and putting things on and, and rotating things but one of the cocktails that has been here from the beginning is a bit of an homage to both Loretta and Gillian's kitchens they always have in their kitchens whether they're professional or at home uh, preserved lemons in some varying degree of preservation either starting or have been or are well preserved cue the song we love limoncello 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 yes and you know if you've ever if you've ever experienced that there's this amazing uh, residual you know liqueur i mean that get that that is the result the 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 oils from the rind 
the juice from the citrus mixes with the salt and everything's in the jar once you when you remove the lemons and typically that stuff is not really able to be utilized yeah. and i've had this idea of trying to incorporate that into sort of a vesper martini riff mm-hmm. and it it took some workshopping which is which is my cross to bear it works it, it works right. it works <laughs> it works yeah. I'm not usually a daytime drinker. However, it is right now. I think it's 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 nighttime in England, it, so it it's is. it's okay. We're, we're allowed to drink. <laughs> so, so that that cocktail is the Waxwing Martini, and it is the one drink that has been here uh, since the beginning. And I, I the response has been good, so it'll it'll stick around for a while longer. So one more time, the Waxwing Martini. Talk me through the ingredients. So it is a uh, as in a Vesper Martini, it's a it's a combination of gin and vodka as the base spirit. It's uh, accented with a little bit of Lillet Blanc and Aquavit, and then the magic ingredient is the preserved lemon syrup. So we cut that salty preserved lemon liquid with a little bit of simple syrup. And you get this really neat mashup of not just a Vesper, but almost a little bit of a dirty martini with the salinity. Yeah. And it's, it's just beautiful. He can wax poetic about cocktails like no one. Really, yeah. seriously. <laughs> right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Loretta, do you have a favorite cocktail on the menu? It's got to be the wax wing, I'm afraid. Either that or give me a, mar- uh, give me a margarita. Yeah, uh, what's that one? What's that about? <laughs> we do a, it makes you feel, we make margaritas as if you're in Mexico. You just kind of, it's just pure. pure so you, take, you take us there. Blanco. That's what you do here. That's right. I love it. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Gillian, chef, favorite, favorite cocktail for you? A Paloma. Ah. What, what's it about the Paloma? Does that take you on vacation? A little bit. I think it's like a pick-me-up. I like the bitterness of the the. I, I'm 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 slightly bitter person, so great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I do not feel that at all. But <laughs> sure, whatever you want to say. Yeah. Uh, or could that be because you have you know four daughters in the house, and that that can be a lot of work, right? <laughs> yes, we, you know. It's all, it's all about communication. Yes, absolutely. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I imagine when you give that look, you just just gave me a look. Yeah, like, don't ask questions. Yeah. It's, it's definitely her. Yeah. Well, uh, it would be naughty to sit here and not mention that, Clay, my dear friend, you are going to be a father very soon. Uh, I am? And it takes two... Well, I did, ask, <laughs> yes, I, I, did, I did ask your lovely wife, Amy, if she knew who the father was, and it's definitely you. Um, are you excited to be a dad? I'm, I'm uh, through the roof, man. I keep, I keep expecting to wake up in the fetal position in the corner, shivering. But I, you know what? It's just we're, we're rolling one day at a time. Yeah. I'm ready, I think. Well, listen, we are all so excited for you. We really are. Um, Loretta and Chef, uh, last words with you. Uh, Chef Loretta, uh, for those who have not been to a cello, why should they come? Because it's going to stop raining and we'll get some spring vegetables. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Gillian, Chef. I think it's important to come and see the young students that are performing here. They are all stars and just do an amazing job and to get to watch them evolve their craft and be able to eat food and have drinks and watch performers who don't need your full attention all of the time and you can still have a conversation is a rare thing in this city. Friends, conviviality, hospitality, thoughtful, Locally sourced ingredients, thoughtful menu items, of course. Uh, 
I'm going to say it right here. Yeah, this restaurant, Ocello on Van Ness and Hayes, did indeed make me fall back in love for the city of St. Francis. Uh, I hope you will come. Come enjoy the music, the great food. Go deep into the wine and the knockout cocktails as well. Uh, you'll be jolly happy you did. Uh, friends, more at kcbsradio.com and click on Foodie Chap. Cheers. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.